0: the dine one six a food podcast about sacramento i'm your host max connor i'm joined with my co-host neil little typically we try to take you behind the scenes of people who are making your favorite dining experiences happen in sacramento unfortunately we had the nightmare of all nightmares that anyone who works in the audio or podcasting world which is where uh we had a a file an interview get completely lost amongst the computer we're not sure what happened but today we were supposed to have polo adamo on we talked to him back in January. He's the owner and chef at Adamos right there on twenty uh, first and P near the old press club. Amazing Italian food. So we're hoping to find a time to reschedule with Polo, get him on again. But if you have not tried Adamos, you should run over there this weekend and check it out. Neil, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, I I feel I'm kind of laughing at our situation like the dog ate my homework I swear but it is what it is. Yes no definitely go to Adamo's though. I would argue one of the best Caesar salads in town.
0: Yeah that's what you said. I haven't tried it yet. I've tried a number of other things that are all phenomenal.
1: I lived around the corner from it for a little while and definitely frequented it when I I was able to. So but yeah I think we're gonna do a little uh, have a fun little podcast just between us today and kind of A little bit of a
0: getting to know us as well as your your food podcasters. Yeah, we're calling this a bonus episode, Get to Know Max and Neil. So if you don't care at all about that, then you can hit stop right here if you like. But if you're interested to learn a little bit about our food foibles and idiosyncrasies, this will be, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of that. So, Neil, you had some questions for me. I've got some questions for you. Why don't you fire away with your first one?
1: I think we should go one for one. We'll go back and forth. I think that'll be fun that way. So here we go. If you could only eat one cuisine for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? I know I'm going Ooh. right for the deep end right away on this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Does whether or not I'm going to gain weight hold any bearing? Are we on a magical like island where I can just eat whatever I want and it doesn't matter? We'll go with that. We can do that. Okay. Um, I, I think
1: I know where you're going with this then, but I will wait to... <laughs> uh, it's tough. I know it, it's, it's,
0: it, it was, a mean start. I'm starting with a high heater. I honestly, I think it would probably be Japanese cuisine now that I think about it, which actually isn't that unhealthy, but I mean, the combination of everything from ramen to Kobe beef to obviously sushi, uh, there's all sorts of, you know, I discovered they have amazing pizza in Japan. So Japanese pizza, you know, I mean, that's cheating a little bit, but you know, you know what's really sick, though, is like my original answer was like, I kind of never get sick of bad American Chinese food. <laughs> I was like, that cannot be my answer. I'm not going to make that my answer. But this is where my food spectrum is. I will eat the highest end of good food and enjoy it. I will also happily eat orange chicken from Panda Express and not that nice. So.
1: And, and a double order of orange
0: chicken is actually what I usually go with. Oh, no, yeah. I okay. totally understand. I love Panda Express. That is not
1: where I thought you were going to go, though. I thought when you asked about the weight, you were going to go with the Italian side. Mm. But, uh, yeah, Japanese, that's a good one. I do I respect it. Again, as we've talked about, just not a big ramen person on my side. I feel like the Japanese kind of do everything well, uh, especially do. when I mean, it comes to big. food.
0: Yeah. They have the most Michelin-starred restaurants in Japan anywhere outside of France, so... Which you is know, kind of sort of cheating, but whatever. Yeah, sure. Wow, did not. That's an awesome. Uh, that's an awesome fact. That's pretty
1: cool to know. It is. Yeah. yeah. What's your
0: answer to this one?
1: So this is gonna. Uh, yeah, I have a little bit of a story that goes with it on this one. I would go Greek.
0: Greek. Okay.
1: Yeah, I know. You know, normally when you like when you know, you think Italy, you think Italian food british you have your shepherd's pie and thing like that japanese you have like sushi and ramen but like in greece I, you know outside of a euro like i don't really think of a type of food that they do and i got the opportunity to go sailing over there with my parents and sister uh, wow more than a few years ago that was like eight years ago but while we were there like initially what we were eating like it was good but it didn't really dawn on me until we were about halfway there when like i was eating a fish i was like Oh, this got caught like 25 minutes ago, right out of that bay. And it was just the freshness and like very much what we have here in Northern California, which you can see the geography is very similar with the latitude or uh, uh, longitude. And it's just really, really fresh, good, usually healthy. And I love the Mediterranean kind of flavors and things like that. So like the Greek food, while it doesn't like one dish doesn't pop into my head, but just the entirety of it all, like I could eat Greek the rest of my life.
0: Okay. That makes sense. I like that answer. It's not what you would expect.
1: No. And even when I was thinking about it, like I kind of caught myself off guard with that. So,
0: but yeah. What's the food that you're embarrassed to say you don't like? It could be like a cuisine or just a single food item. I don't like mushrooms. (laughs) And, and I feel, I
1: honestly, I do feel kind of bad saying that because it's on so many things. The, The flavor, like I'm also, I'm not a truffle person. That earthy, dirty, just kind of whatever that feel is, is just not something appealing mm-hmm. to me. And also the thing with mushrooms, it's also the texture. That spongy, chewy, just not a big fan of. Like, I'll eat a pizza with mushrooms. Sure. You, you get like a pepperoni and mushroom, like, yeah, yeah, cool, I'll eat it, whatever. But it's like,
0: if you're doing like a shiitake mushroom pasta, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that's fu- That's too funny. Because that I that's like 1B for me, is mushrooms. And I know... That there's hundreds of types of mushrooms. I know they all have different flavors yeah. and different textures, but I just have never met a mushroom that I loved. There's some mushrooms that are okay, yeah, but I've never yeah. said anything more than that in something with mushrooms. Just like it's okay, yeah. So the th- the food for me though is is tomatoes, raw tomatoes specifically, but I can't do tomatoes. I've tried every type of tomato. I've tried the most expensive, most delicious heirloom tomato that the Sacramento Valley has to offer. And so here's the thing: I'm convinced. It's not the texture. People are always like, "Yeah, I guess the texture is weird." No, it's not the texture. There's a weird taste that comes at the back end of a tomato of any type that, to me, is foul. And I'm convinced that it might even be one of these genetic enzyme type of things where, like, no, like cilantro the cilantro, yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Or like you could only certain people can smell asparagus pee. I'm convinced because my dad hates tomatoes too. Yeah. You didn't know that? That's like a thing. Some wait, 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 wait,
1: wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. I have to go to asparagus oh. pee. Hold on, hold on. Especially for those of you that watch Ted Lasso, obviously we're going to go there right now. What? So some people don't
0: smell that? No. It's a thing. What? It's like a genetic thing in your nose that they don't have the right receptors to smell it. So some people think their pee doesn't smell when. They have asparagus the truth is oh no no <laughs> no one's pee doesn't smell when they have asparagus to that person so yeah but i don't know there's a weird taste in tomatoes cooked tomatoes totally fine love pasta italian food pizza everything. ketchup but you give me a raw you know give me a big i'm not doing a caprese salad i'm not you know i just know so, what about a blt no thanks no but, interesting uh, okay it's I, can, funny. I don't even like pico de gallo. I love salsa. What's interesting, if it's blended with enough other things, like a fresh salsa, I can do it. But chunky pico de gallo, if I get a burrito, it's no pico. I'm going to douse it in regular salsa, but no pico. So it's
1: funny. Tomatoes have been a slow grower on me. I, I I initially was like you. I didn't like them. But it's like my favorite sandwich is a BLT. I like it along with something. Although I did have a, a restaurant, Josephine. They did a peach and heirloom tomato and burrata salad that mm. i crushed it was absolutely outstanding yeah but no I, I would have agreed with you on tomatoes years ago but i have become a tomato connoisseur
0: that's good i'm proud of you it's funny <laughs> as i i try every year every year i try several tomatoes raw it's not like something i that appreciate I you like at least trying by g- giving it a go that that's every i respect like, that if i know taste change i tell yeah. my kids that or i trick them into trying things <laughs> by telling them that but you know yeah All right, what's your next one?
1: All right. Have you ever had a cooking disaster? What happened and how did you handle it?
0: Cooking disaster. I think like like at
1: home when the dish just was like, nope, we're going to In-N-Out tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm trying to think of a recent one. I'll just go to something. we. I mean, we ended up eating it, but we tried to make... Oh man, I'm not going to remember what they called. So in Japan, they have these like triangles of rice. You can buy them at Seven Eleven, and they're delicious, and they're wrapped in seaweed this special way. They're kind of like a spam. What a spam musubi is, but almost but it's bursting like a, out the side
1: right. in a triangle. I totally yeah,
0: I know exactly yeah, what you're but it's saying. Like an enclosed triangle wrapped in seaweed, and in the middle they have everything from like salmon with spicy mayo to red some beans. other fish. To, yeah, sometimes they have red beans. Sometimes they just have like a teriyaki chicken, whatever. So we try to make those couldn't remotely make them into a triangle. We're trying to make them with the kids. Like (laughs) we made a bunch of different fillings and made sushi rice. And then we had this bowl of salt water that you use. So it doesn't get too sticky on your hands to try to make them. And we just, we ended up like no matter what we tried to do to make good compact ones. It just ended up being a softball sized ball of rice with a little bit of fish in the middle. That's ended up spilling out the side. You like tried to slap a bunch of, pieces of, of nori around it to keep it together it was everybody's all the kids plates just ended up with a big mass of rice that nobody ate my wife and i ate some of it but it was like an hour and a half of work that was supposed to be fun that just fell apart and was disastrous and everyone was hungry afterwards yeah so that that's was the worst part. part it wasn't an entire like i can't eat this we're going to in and out but it was it was close um, Going into it with such high hopes, too. Yeah, that's uh, the hard
1: part, too. I uh, I had a breakfast like that, God, but six, eight, two months ago. I don't remember what it was. I was trying to make some uh, little, little little hash brown bowls with a little egg in there on top. And, the, and you could, like, you know, I got one of these cool little, like, smart-does-a-lot-of-things ovens, so I was following their recipe and whatnot. And I don't know what I did, but I, like, when making the hash browns, I tossed in some onion and garlic powder. And I did the wrong ratio of something or other. I took one bite out of the egg and the hash browns that came out, and it just tasted like like a garlic powder bomb exploded in my mouth. <laughs> and it, it, it was to the point of I, just, I like I just I spit it out. I dumped the, I, I dumped the eggs. I'm like, nope. I'm just I, I'm defeated this morning. Not even gonna try. I'm gonna go find something else. I think I'm gonna go get a smoothie. Uh, That's awful. Yeah. No. It was, it, it was just the wrong ratios. And God, it was awful. I have yet to use garlic powder since. so Not that I use it a lot, but like it is an active non-ingredient right now in my life.
0: That's funny. I actually, like a couple months ago, I was just making some pastry cream I was going to put on top of a pavlova. And when I make it not the fully traditional way where you don't use any cornstarch, the easy way is to add a little bit of cornstarch to the eggs before you temper them so you know it's going to thicken. Yep. But I grabbed a thing of tapioca flour instead of cornstarch because I thought that's what it was. Didn't know... And tapioca, if you've ever had, like, that's what makes mochi, and it makes it very gummy. So I cooked it down, and then when I went to eat, it was like the consistency of thick snot. And I was like, oh. something is not right with this. And then when I poured it out into the sink, it just like, you know, it was like slime where like one glop came out, and then the, the gravity just caught the rest of it, and it just like hit the sink and just swirled the down blobs the blob some blobish creature yeah so that was another recent disaster that i had to fully throw away i was like i'm not not putting this on this patlova nope nope yeah okay funny little side topic best cream in town the
1: devonshire cream at fox and goose with their homemade scones Mm -hmm. oh
0: outstanding best in town delicious yep all right you've got one meal to impress someone what are you cooking I need a definition of a someone here
1: though. Like am I making a fancy meal or just like a meal a meal that shows who I am?
0: Hmm. We're going to say fancy. We're going to say fancy, like fancy, fancy. You know, okay, okay, okay. The head of state is coming over.
1: Okay. Uh fancy meal. I'm probably going to do obviously using the sous vide because that's how I cook all of my protein. The best best way to cook all proteins um, and vegetables. Oh man, man, you're making me think. Yeah, I think I'm probably gonna do like a a, a pork chop with like uh, apple apple chutney and pickled something or others on top, something like that. A little little creamy polenta on the side, with like uh, gotta get some maybe yeah, maybe a little bit of spicy polenta or something. I think that I, sounds I, good. I think I'd go yeah. that route. Yeah, kind of that route there. I think that's what I would do. That was a good one. That's hard to do. I, I I'm not a fancy person, so it's right. like yeah. Sure. yeah. And with the sous vide, it just is, you you know, you sous vide it to your exact temperature, what, 135, 140. Put it on, just get a quick sear on it, and it looks like you're, like, a Michelin star chef. It's like, nope, I just cut the bag open.
0: (laughs) Uh, How about you? What's what's your uh, fancy meal, sir? I think I'd probably do, I made this a while ago, and it shocked me how good it was. But honestly, just, like, chicken, like, boneless chicken breast, but with the skin on, Mm -hmm. just seared. And cooked in the oven, but also in the pan with a bunch of, like, fresh root vegetables, golden beets, regular beets, carrots, parsnips. And uh, and then just work that down with a really good pan sauce after the fact. You know, some brandy and, you know, thicken it up a little bit. And then just drizzle that over the top. Like, I couldn't believe. That was off a Gordon Ramsay recipe I found. And I was like, this is one of the best meals I've ever made at home. Simplicity. And, yeah. Right. Right. Chicken's such a good protein when done right. And I think would impress, too, because if you can do a chicken breast like that, right, if someone's going to go chicken and then they're going to eat it and be like, oh, dang, this yeah. is this is incredible. So rather than just like a really inexpensive steak or something else where it's like, yeah, okay, steak and potatoes. cool." Yeah. I, but, uh,
1: I'm perfectly I'm, I'm okay with steak. With the chicken
0: breast. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> uh, steaks are good, but they're definitely not my go-to.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Whose turn is it? Yours or mine? Uh, your turn. My turn. What is the most unusually ingredient you've ever used in a recipe and how did it turn out?
0: Years ago, after I, I went on a trip to Thailand when I was like 19 and, um, I'd never really had good Thai food before. It was just something we didn't, we had tons of different food growing up, but for some reason we didn't really go to Thai restaurants and I fell in love with Pad Thai and, uh, And so I came back and I got a Thai cookbook and I had a recipe for Pad Thai and it called for shrimp paste. And so I went and bought the shrimp paste and I opened the can and it was just like right out of the gate. Like, whoa, that's disgusting. And come to know now that like, clearly this jar of shrimp paste had gone bad. Because look, shrimp paste is a powerful ingredient, even much more powerful than fish sauce. But it was like, it's one of the things where you were like, this, this is does not, right. not seem right. This does not seem right. But I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like 20. I've <gasps> barely eaten Thai food. Like, whatever, right? And it called for like a teaspoon. So it's like, maybe it's just one of those things like fish sauce where you just put a speck in and it adds an umami flavor that you don't really notice. Put in a teaspoon, fully ruin the entire, all you could taste in this oh. pad Thai with rancid shrimp paste that i bought. Um, so yeah, that uh, that's both a gone wrong and exotic ingredient that I've used.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah, that would that would uh, that would ruin a lot very quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed you had the the ability to go back to pad Thai. That might ruin it for a little, little while, even if it was the right like even though it was bad. Yeah, but, you uh, know
0: and that's a good tip for home cooks. Like if you're just learning, but something definitely seems wrong. Stop trust, trust your gut. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, don't ruin your gut. <laughs> uh
0: your turn my Uh how about you? What's the most oh. exotic ingredient you've used?
1: Oh, you know, a couple couple summers ago, I cooked octopus at home. Ooh, uh, nice. it was really really good. Yeah, I had it in, the, in like a olive oil, caper, lemon, parsley, oregano, olive oil kind of marinade for 24 hours prior. And then you cook it in the marinade. I sous vide it, cooked it in mm. that, and then took the octopus. I, I bought it from Sunfish, broke the whole thing down, cut it up, cut the beak out. It was a whole experience. Ooh, nice. It was fun. Yeah, it was cool. And then uh, just flashed it on the grill outside, super hot, give it a quick sear. And I used the sauce, that olive oil concoction, uh, drizzled it over the top. Oh, my God, it was so good. Yeah, love octopus. And so that was a fun one that I kind of played around with again cool. the sous vide just makes things easy like you can't butcher yeah, the cooking sure. on that so after that yeah. it's just all flavor and that's just you know it was all good stuff again back to my this is why i go greek apparently news to there me There you go yeah that sounds yeah. delicious yeah
0: uh your turn what's your favorite just basic summertime classic dinner what are you whipping up on a on a warm oh uh, dude night?
1: Pizza, pizza pizza all day just got to have some yeah. dough ready, uh, have a starter in the fridge or a, in the fridge outside just have some dough ready. Yeah, my mom getting me a pizza oven a couple years ago. Like the simplicity of it as well is is just fun and you can do whatever you want. Like you want to like you don't like tomatoes, well we're not putting tomatoes on that one. Um sure. yeah. yeah, just pizza oven, especially cuz it's outside of the house so it keeps the house cooler. So that's a big big up as well.
0: How about yeah. you? Probably uh like chicken thighs with a sort of there's a, I mean, soy ve makes this marinade. Now they call it Chinese marinade, or maybe they call it hoisin garlic now or something. But yeah, I like hoisin, not teriyaki, but like hoisin garlic gingery marinade grilled with some sticky rice and some grilled asparagus. Yeah, that's something I'll eat at least once a week during the summertime.
1: So the grill is my weakest cooking area. Mm. Uh, I'm just not confident at it. I, I've never... I've, it's funny. I've always had a grill, and I just kind of look at it. It's just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, I end up using I end up using the pizza oven or whatnot. But yeah, I'm just not confident on the grill. I'm not really sure why. Like, one of my areas I want to improve upon, obviously.
0: Yeah, it takes takes time, and you got you know you got to be out there. You just got to kind of, just got to do commit. it. I got I got to mess up. I'm just
1: so like like undercooked chicken like i watch too many food network shows sure. obviously like undercooked yeah. chicken is like the death sentence and it's like i never want to do that and i just yeah right i got a food t- thermometer like i can do it i just don't
0: that's why i like chicken thighs because you it, they're you know you they're like easy to tell when they're done because they're not thick and they're a lot more forgiving obviously because they have so much fat You're i just not...
1: like chicken thighs better too yeah yeah who doesn't come yeah. on uh okay uh my turn if you could have a meal with any historical figure, who would it be and what would you serve? Who? Oh, this is good. This is going to be good. You're chuckling right away.
0: Uh, it's too – it feels too uh, – offensive is the wrong word. but Oh. Uh, I would be interested to have a meal with Joseph Smith. Because the story of the roots of Mormonism to me, I find fascinating and I'd love to hear it from the horse's mouth. I'd love to hear how good a salesman that guy was (laughs) uh, to find out how he, you know, grew the religion into as big as it is today. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all religions have uh, on face value have really wild, interesting stories. But that one in particular has always interested me given it's only a couple hundred years old. And um, obviously, it'd be no alcohol, no caffeine, I suppose. And uh, you know, maybe we'd go out and hunt some, hunt some quail or pheasant, and some roasted potatoes. That's that's my answer. I don't know why that's the person that popped up. Otherwise, it would be a baseball player, you know, or old baseball broadcaster. Would probably be number two. Vin Scully would be number two. Just sit and listen to Vin Scully talk at dinner time would be. That uh, would be pretty spectacular just,
1: just to hear those stories. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, he had a good sense of humor too. I mean, I bet, I bet you had him over for dinner and you asked him, he would be willing to do the play by play of you cooking dinner in the kitchen, which would be pretty incredible.
1: That would be awesome. So, yeah.
0: That's a, th- 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 that was a wild one too
1: there. That wasn't, that wasn't, a, that's a great, I like where you're thinking on that one of the, like, how did you get from here to here? Like, how did you spin this off? Yeah and make it work all right that's cool uh mine is pretty i, I take historical in, in in a in a figurative sense in this one kind of but like i would do anthony bourdain like he mm, was really sure. the at least of, of my you know at my age of us in the in the in the restaurant industry the number of nights that ended at somebody's house turning on no reservations and like passing the bottle around like that it was almost a ritual kind of sort of thing and he was just so much a part of like someone we could look up to some someone that was an idol in our industry that was like almost attainable too like he just enjoyed what he did it wasn't about the stars or the ratings and all that like by the time i got to be a part of his existence on on no reservations um right and for me as well being the journalism person that i am like i loved his storytelling and the way he used words and all that kind of stuff um yeah and i i think yeah i I just i burger on a beach in la with him sitting drinking a beer i mean I, i i that would be kind of ideal to me and just listen yeah uh yeah yeah it would be more about that one would be more about the listening than the actual food but yeah
0: let's just jump to this what are the biggest known as someone who's been a long time front of house person? What are the biggest no nos as a restaurant guest? What are things that you just should not do? Let's educate the people out there who have not worked in restaurants. What should you just not do as a guest in a restaurant?
1: Don't order one thing at a time. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like when I'm at your table, e- everyone be ready. Like Like, and especially this happens with drinks a lot like uh i'll get your drink order okay cool anyone else no okay you know i'll come back then i'll drop the drink off oh i'd like this it's like okay could have said that like three minutes ago but you didn't that's fine like that one i'm also a human like don't just like give me eye contact like i won't serve you if you're on your phone i'm just not even gonna walk up to your table if if you're not gonna pay attention like just treat treat us with respect like we're human beings too we're not just here to hand you your food while you're doing your businesses at lunch um and we know the menu, like really, really well. Ask us, like, we, you know, we, we, this is our job too that we live, that we do and take seriously. Like, we will lead you through an awesome time at this restaurant. But just like, treat us with respect. I mean, think th- th- that would be the two. Which I feel like I hope are really obvious, but sometimes it's not.
0: All right, I was muted there, cuz. Oh, I see now. They are jackhammering directly behind this door.
1: Oh, are they in the studio? Yeah.
0: Well, that's the end of this episode. Yep. (laughs) Neil, I'm going to hit mute. You take us out. All
1: right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Max is currently being attacked by jackhammers directly behind him. We've got a lot of great things coming up. Some big names in the restaurant industry and some smaller ones that we want to get you to know about. So for max and i we are signing off and we will see you again in two weeks adios